Hey, I'm Pastor Paul Watson, and you're listening to the official podcast of the Downtown Vineyard Church. At DTV Church, we're followers of Jesus, and we believe that relationships are holy and that God loves everyone. We are so excited that you're a part of our online community of faith, and from wherever you're listening, I hope you are blessed by this message this week. All right, good morning. Good morning. Super excited about the... uh, uh, Easter Sunday. Uh, really excited about directly after Easter on April the 16th, we're going to host a baptism. And I really am hoping, what my hope has been for this particular series is my hope has been that God has been, you put yourself in a position over the past 40 days, that as we get to Easter, that you put yourself in a position where God has spoken to you and that maybe that the Lord's doing something new in your life. Uh, resurrection isn't just about Jesus's resurrection. That when we give our life to Jesus, the old person dies, the new person is raised to life. And I got to tell you, like, if you're as human as I am, like, I need that new person raised to life on a regular basis because I need that old person dead on a regular basis. You know what I'm saying? So baptism, uh, if, if, if you've never been baptized or you want to get baptized again, that'll happen April 16th. Now, I want to introduce you to a new couple. I want to introduce you to... Jenna and Citraka and Hannah Grace. Um, you guys come on up. Um, that if you don't know, we have Jenna is our new children's pastor. And Citraka and Hannah Grace, uh, this, is, this, this is our new children's ministry um, pastors. Yeah. Grab yourself a microphone. I tried to get Hannah, grab yourself a microphone right there, Jenna. Uh, Citraka, grab a microphone. I tried to get Hannah Grace to come up with me and do an out, this kind of portion with me, and she said, okay, and then she handed me my water bottle and ran back. She's like, I'm not doing it. Hi, come here, Hannah Grace. We, we were at your house last night for dinner, weren't we? And you have, like, pony, and you have, like, a bicycle, and you have all kinds of Barbies. Yeah, yeah. And, and now you get, you've just moved to Grand Junction, and you're making all kinds of new friends. Yeah, yeah. So let me introduce you. Um, come on, come over here a little bit, a little further. So it, it was such a great story um, that uh, Jenna had put in for our children's ministry position way back uh, in November, and I interviewed her uh, via Zoom, and it went so great. I told the rest of our team, "You guys got to meet this girl. You, you guys, you got to interview with me." So then we set up another interview, and as soon as we got done. As soon as we got done with the interview, like we pushed, you don't know this, this is all new to you. We pushed stop on the Zoom meeting, and the team just turned to me and went, hire that girl. It was unanimous. And then I said, we can't hire her till we meet her husband. So, Citraka, Citraka, you're like, we're holding up the process. You're holding up the process. And then I met, and I was like, we got to hire this, this, this is a great family. And so they moved out here from Redding, California about, about two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Share a little bit. Yeah. Uh, first of all, good morning, everybody. Uh, it feels so good to be here. It feels home. And I think you, all of you, make it home to us. So thank you so much for your support, your prayer, and just being eager to meet us and us being here, we are beyond excited and we feel so fulfilled to stand here this morning. And just with so much humility, uh, thank you for welcoming us as a family. And we cannot wait um, 
to see what the Lord is going to do in this season in our community here. And yeah, I'm the new children pastor. So if you have a heart for kids, that I'm the person here. So yeah. No, no, wait, wait, we need to rephrase that. Yeah. You have a heart for kids. Yeah. Sign up for children's ministry. Yes. <laughs> That's it. So there we go. Uh, hi, families. <laughs> I'm from Madagascar, and she's from Mauritius. Uh, I just want to steal one minute from you, Pastor Paul. Man. Uh, just share you a little bit of our background. We have been in mission for uh, almost eight years. You eight, me ten. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> she just said, I've got more experience than you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we met in South Africa when I did the school of mission. Mm-hmm. I proposed her just three months of the school of mission. She was my staff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, we got married mm-hmm. when we were on mission trip to Madagascar. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Hannah Grace when we were on mission trip. Yeah. Uh, we had uh, a miscarriage. When we were in mission trip, so we are missionaries. We love Jesus so much. Uh, there was like up and down, and I lost uh, my my brother passed away when we were in mission. December last year, my mom passed away when we were in South, uh, California. She did a ministry school, so we love Jesus so much. And the way you welcome us here in Grand Junction. The way you show your warm love towards us, uh, comfort us so much, and uh, strengthen the yes that we did to Jesus a few years ago, you know. And the way you love us, the way you welcome us, Pastor Paul, and the leadership of the church and the communities, the way you show that love, uh, strength again, the commitment that we have for Jesus. And we just want to say thank you. Thank you so much. God bless you and God rewards you for more than 10 times, 20 times, and 1,000 times. And, you know, God bless you all. Thank you. I like you all of you today, and I like you so much. Bye. (laughs) Come here. Come here. Right here. Right here. Uh, Open invitation. Anybody want to help me pray for him? Come on, get out of your seats. Come on. Anybody want to help me pray? Come on. Come on. Anybody? I don't care. Come on. There's plenty of room up here. Let's go. Come on. Make your way. Come on. Come on up. Let's do it. Come on. You can go around, too. You can go around. I love this. Yeah, come on up. Come on. Come on. All right, now we're going to start a choir. So uh, that was really a trick to start a choir. Okay. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we believe this is a new season. We believe that you equip the called. And so, Lord, I just ask that you would equip... Jenna, Sitraka, Hannah Grace. Lord, that you would pour them out 
here in Grand Junction that families and children from all over the place would know Jesus. That, Lord, they are here on mission. And that is a specific word. They are here because they received the call of Jesus on their life. And they prayed about it and they said, we feel called to Grand Junction, Colorado, to impact families and children for your kingdom. And so, Lord, I just ask that you pour out upon them. Fill them with your spirit. Give them your anointing. Give them your blessing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And as a church, we are grateful. We are grateful for this gift. We are grateful for this gift. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So glad you guys are here. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Can I give you these? Can I give you this one? Thank you. I, I really am. I'm going to make one more plug, but I really do believe there are times when, there's times when I, I believe it's always, I believe we're called to be people who don't just sit and watch ministry happen. We're called to be people who serve. We're called to be people who serve. And I think there's a, there are really good times when, when, when there's change and there's pieces. Wasn't it kind of fun to see that we have Vineyard Community Church? We, it wasn't great to have Missy here, that we have two campuses now. And so we, have, we are one church with two locations. And so now we get to expand the kingdom of God. We get to also expand our staff, and we get to expand opportunities to volunteer. And so I'm just going to make a real quick plug. It's a really good time to get into children's ministry. There's going to be amazing things happen in children's ministry. That couple, that couple loves Jesus deeply. Like, they love people deeply. They love kids deeply. And you're going to see things change. You're going to see things happen in children's ministry. And you're going to watch this fire take off in children's ministry. And I'm just telling you, it's a good time to get involved in children's ministry. So here's where we're going to go today. We've been in this series called The Journey. My hope for this series was that we would come out of, uh, six weeks from from Easter, we started it, we're now six weeks in, we got four more weeks to go, and we started clear out here, and my hope was, is that you would take this time, all this time, to pay attention to your relationship with Jesus, to your relationship with God, and that in this period of time, in this 10-week series that we've been, that will end up being 10 weeks, that there would be this space for you that you would really consider who Jesus is in your life. And maybe, even if you've given your life to Jesus, and even if you read your Bible daily and you have daily devotions, maybe you would even say, Lord, I want more. Lord, I need to lay more, I need to lay this down. Maybe it's brand new for you, and maybe you're still on the outside. Maybe your relationship with Jesus is not what you want it to be, but there would be this space that we would talk through this, this, this process of following Jesus and say, where does the cross lead to? What does the cross lead to? And so last week, um, Missy got to teach. It doesn't Missy do a wonderful job. She just does a wonderful job. Like, she just is so well-spoken, and she does a wonderful job. And this week, we're going to talk about the journey to Gethsemane. Gethsemane is interesting. I don't know if you know anything about the journey of Gethsemane. Gethsemane is the place that Jesus went to 
directly after they, directly after they had the, um, the Passover feast, and then Jesus was with his disciples, and Jesus turned to Judas and said, go do what you must do. Go, go do what you must do. And at that moment, Judas rises up from the table, and he goes and he betrays Jesus. And Jesus then has this moment of his life where he has to get alone with the Lord. I don't know if you've ever had a problem that was so big that you didn't know what else to do except for to pray. Right? Some of you might be in it right now. Like, you just literally are like, God, I don't know what else to do. I don't know what else to do. And so Jesus went to this place um, called Gethsemane. It's a garden. It's a garden of olive trees. It sits, um, it sits below Golgotha. Golgotha sits upon the hill. Golgotha is the place where Jesus is crucified. On Easter Day, uh, we'll be reading about Golgotha. And it sits upon a hill. It comes down the valley and comes across the valley and goes to Jerusalem. And between Jerusalem and Golgotha is this little, it's now a little orchard of olive trees. It used to be a very big or, um, or orchard of olive trees. The olive trees that you're seeing right there in that picture are the same olive trees that were there when Jesus was praying in the garden. Those olive trees are over 2,000 years old. And those olive trees right there are the very same olive trees that would have been there when Jesus prayed on that night. The interesting part is the Garden of Gethsemane, it means the garden press. It means the garden of pressure. It, it, it can literally be interpreted as the garden of pain. And what it, what it means is it was this olive, um, this olive grove, and they would take those olives off the, off the tree, and then they would put them into a press, and that's what the press looks like there in the Garden of Gethsemane. And they would press the olives until what came out of them were oils. It was olive oil, right? And so when we say the Garden of Gethsemane, really, the Garden of Gethsemane can literally be interpreted as the Garden of Pressure. It can also be interpreted as the Garden of Pain, and, and neither one of those sound very good. Neither one of those sound very good. But let, let's read about it. Let's, we're in, we're in Luke, uh, Matthew chapter 26, verses 36 through 46. It says this. It says, Then Jesus went with them to the olive grove called Gethsemane. And he said, Sit here while I go over there to pray. He took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John. He became anguished and distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here with me and keep watch with me. Now, now pause for a second. Because it's funny when you read that, it just seems kind of casual. It kind of has this moment where it's kind of like Jesus is just saying, hey, let's go over here. I'm, 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 I'm going to pray. No, no, no. Jesus is in this space where he knows that Judas is betraying him. We're two hours past their dinner meal. It's been two hours. And he knows that in this moment, any moment, 
Soldiers are going to come and take him away. He knows what's going to happen. He's not unaware. This isn't a surprise as to what the next few hours of his life looks like. And and he's in this space where his his stress levels are high. He's worried. And all he can do, all he can can muster up is, you know what we need to do? I, I just need to pray. Will you go with me? Will you go with me to pray? So it says that he went on a little further, and he bowed with his face to the ground praying, My Father, if it's possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet, I want your will to be done, not mine. Have you ever prayed that prayer? My belief is, is if you're a believer in Jesus, you've prayed that prayer. And my belief is if you're a believer in Jesus, because we know that Scripture says, in this life you will have troubles. And then Jesus goes on to say, but take heart, I, I've, I've overcome trouble. But if you're a believer in Jesus, you've gone through something where you literally say, God, I don't want to go through this. But at the end of the day, I want your will to be done. Now, my guess is none of us have gone through what Jesus went through. It says, so then he returned to the disciples and he found them asleep. That's kind of funny. But you do have to realize that it is after a dinner meal where they had bread and it is almost midnight. I would be asleep too. Come on, I'm just telling you, bread and wine makes me want to go to sleep. And so he finds them asleep. He said to Peter, couldn't you watch with me even for one hour? He wasn't asking them to pray all night. Couldn't you pray for one hour? Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. And then Jesus left them a second time, and he prayed, My father, if this cup cannot be taken away unless I drink it, then your will be done. When he returned to them again, he found them asleep. For they couldn't keep their eyes open. This was me last night. So he went to pray a third time, saying the same thing again. Then he came to, back to the disciples, and he said, Go ahead and sleep. Have your rest. But look, the time's come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Let's be going. Look, there's my betrayer. So here's the passage that I want to ask you some questions about. How do you handle pressure? Have you ever thought about that? How do you handle pressure? Jesus, he's under pressure. He, he's getting ready to go through the hardest thing that like, he would ever go through, but really harder than anything that you and I have ever been asked to go through. And how do you handle pressure? How do you handle pain? Some of you right now are facing something really, really difficult. You are literally going, you are in the garden of pressure right now. How are you handling it? I don't know about you, sometimes whenever I, I get uh, hungry, I, I get angry. And all I have to do is experience a little bit of uh, uh, hangriness, and I get angry, and then I, I yell, and I snap, and I say things I shouldn't. I'm really not a cusser. If you're wondering if I'm a cusser, I'm really not a cusser, but I, but I can be like, I can be short with people. How do, you ha- how do you handle pressure? Do you get angry? Do you get competitive? Do you... Do you get like quiet in 2001 we were sitting in our offices i was on staff at canyon view vineyard church which is north of town 
Um, the planes were going into the Twin Towers. We were at work and we were watching it. We brought it up on a TV and we're literally watching it. And then you're watching it over and over and over again because the news cycle is just showing it over and over and over again. Everybody's crowded into my office because I'm the youth pastor and I have a big TV. Don't tell Chris that. Everybody's crowded into my office and, and they were sitting there and pretty soon I begin to look around because one of our staff members is missing Everybody's quiet, and I begin to look around, and one of our staff members is missing. Her name is Marilyn Bartlett. She was our children's pastor. I don't know if you ever knew Marilyn Bartlett. Marilyn Bartlett loves Jesus deeply. Marilyn Bartlett was an amazing children's pastor. She loved Jesus deeply. Marilyn Bartlett knew how to pray. And pretty soon, I thought I needed to go find her because I was just worried that maybe she was distraught, and maybe she was, had gotten by herself, and I didn't want anybody to be by themselves at this time. And sure enough, I go looking, and I go looking, and I go look, and finally I find her in the auditorium, and she is at the stage with her face buried in it, and she is praying out loud, speaking in tongues. And she's just crying. She's calling out to God. She's calling out to God. She's calling out to God. You see, it's interesting. Whatever you put in you will come out of you. Jesus was a man of prayer. We, when we read scripture, we see all the time that Jesus is this man of prayer. And so when he feels pressure, he feels pressure, he moves towards prayer. So let me ask you this question. Have you ever thought about how God uses pressure in your life? I just want to give you three, three thoughts this morning. The first is, I believe that God uses pressure to teach us to pray. I believe that God uses pressure to teach us to pray. Jesus was being betrayed by friends. He was facing death, and his response was to pray. Matthew 26, 36 says, Then Jesus went to them to the olive grove called Gethsemane, the Garden of Pain. And he said, Stay here. I'm going to go over there, and I'm going to pray. Mother Teresa said, Everything starts with prayer. Now, here's the interesting part. We know that that's not true. I don't know, if you, I don't know how much you like Mother Teresa, but I think she was amazing. I, I read Mother Teresa quotes and books on a regular basis. Phenomenal lady. And, but the truth is not everything does start with prayer. There, there's a million ways to start things. But as believers, what we should say is everything should start with prayer. Everything should start with prayer. That's where everything should start. But we know that, that, that things can start a million other places. They can start with worry. They can start with anxiety. They can start with frustration. They can start with um, hesitation. But as believers, what Mother Teresa is trying to get to is that, that God uses prayer in our life, and God also uses pressure in our life. And so everything should start with prayer because prayer is the sign that you believe in God. That if you pray, like some people pray formally, some people find have time and they have a chair and they have a sit place where they go to and they go there and they get there in the morning or they get there at night and they pray. Some people just pray in their car when they drive down the road. Any of you guys do that? Like, man, I love some good windshield time. I have great prayer sessions in my car, right? Like prayer can happen so many different places, but, but prayer is the sign that you believe in God. Prayer is a sign. Here, here's another piece that prayer is. Did you know that prayer isn't just a sign that you believe in God, but prayer is a sign that you trust God? If you don't trust God, you wouldn't be praying. 
Prayer is literally this sign for Christians that if you are a person that prays, then you are also a person who trusts God. I used to have a senior pastor, and he used to say, I don't actually worry about people who pray. He says, if, if you pray, he says, I don't actually worry about you. Because prayer is a sign that you trust God. Prayer is a sign that you believe in God. Prayer is a sign that you recognize you need God. Because if you don't need God, you wouldn't be praying. So prayer is the way that God, God uses pressure to teach us to pray. Paul writes to the church of Colossia. And he says this in Colossians 4.2. It says, devote yourself to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Prayer is the way that we show that we're thankful for the things that God has done. Prayer is the way that we stay connected spiritually to the Holy Spirit. In the vineyard, you're going to hear us say this a lot. We just do this thing. It's this kind of a weird thing, actually, that we start our prayers off by saying, come Holy Spirit, and then we just get really quiet. Because we believe that God will talk to us about what he wants to teach us. He's going to speak to us. And so one of the things we try to do in the vineyard is we say, hey, come Holy Spirit. And then we just stop and we listen. And we're not just being quiet, we're trying to listen for what God's saying. Isn't it funny how oftentimes we speak, we call it prayer, but really it's just speaking because prayer should be about listening. Where you just say, Lord, would you speak to us? Would you speak to our church? Would you speak to me about my family? Lord, would you speak to me about my problems? Lord, would you speak to me about my stress? And then we just sit and listen. And I believe that when we listen, I believe that God will speak to us. It's this space, this holy space that God shows up in. James, the brother of Jesus, he wrote these words. He said, are any of you suffering hardships? He said, you should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praise. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you'll be forgiven. See, the way that Christians respond to pain is prayer. Right now. I'm not asking anybody to stand. Just, just right now, just in your mind. Do you have an area in your life that you need prayer in? Is there something that you need God to do? At the end of service, we're going to pray for people. What are the problems you're facing? Do you have any problems that you're facing that the problems are bigger than the solutions you're coming up with? What, what's the thing that God would, you would be praying that God would remove from your life? Jesus was literally in the garden, and he was saying, Lord, would you remove this from my life? And here's the interesting part, is sometimes God does, and sometimes God doesn't. Did you ever notice that? Like, Jesus is praying for God to remove this from his life, and God says, no, you need to handle this. I'm going to be with you. You're going to go through it. I'm going to handle it. And here's the deal. All of us are glad he did. Right? All of us are glad that when Jesus went to the that Jesus went to the cross. All of us are glad that God did not remove that off of Jesus and say, 
hey, buddy, I got you. We're good. We got this thing. Let's go. All of us are glad for that. Here's the second thing that I believe. I believe that God uses pressure to reveal commitments. Have you ever noticed how much pressure reveals contentment? Or how much pressure reveals content? Have you ever noticed that? Put something under pressure and whatever is inside will make its way outside. Like it's really super simple. If I would have thought about this morning, I probably would have, uh, I could have just grabbed two oranges and cut them in half and just squeezed them. And whatever's on the inside is going to come on the outside, right? Like if I take orange juice and I, if I take oranges, I get orange juice. If I take apples and I squeeze apples, I get apple juice. If, if I take lemons and I squeeze it, I get lemon juice. And then Kevin and I, we write our notes together and I noticed that while I was out of town, he added this new line. If I squeeze a zit, I get pus. <laughs> I know, that, that was Kevin's line. I'm just telling you, that was Kevin's line. But the truth is, is whatever squeezes you, whatever squeezes you is what comes out of you. If, if you have pent-up tension and anger, I guarantee you, every time pressure hits you, anger comes out of you. If you've worked on yourself and you've worked on that heart of mercy, when you get squeezed, what comes out is mercy. You see, we're supposed to be coming more like Christ in this 10-week journey. And the whole goal is this, is that what should be coming out of you when you sit under pressure is Jesus. Jesus is what's supposed to come out of a Christian. A Christ follower, that when a Christ follower gets under pressure, what should come out of a Christian, what should come out of a Christ follower are the traits of Jesus. Have you ever noticed that when you put pressure on a friendship, have you ever noticed that oftentimes uh, pressure on friendships uh, reveals commitment? Have you ever been under pressure and went, oh, these aren't the friends I thought they were? If you were in college, you ever have roommates and you're like, all of a sudden it starts to get dicey and there starts to get pressure? You're like, oh, these aren't the roommates I should have, right? Sometimes it happens in marriage. Pressure hits a marriage and all of a sudden the pressure, the marriage can't handle the pressure and the marriage blows up, boom, Right? Pressure always reveals content. The disciples, they didn't know how to pray. And they had asked Jesus, teach us how to pray. Matthew chapter 5, Lord, would you teach us how to pray? Jesus and the disciples, they were in the garden of pain. They were being squeezed. They were feeling pressure. Jesus goes to pray three times, and each time they, they can't hang then he returned to the disciples and he found them asleep. He said, couldn't you watch for even one hour? Then he returned again and he found them asleep. And he said, can't you even keep your eyes open? It's so funny because I'm reading about the disciples and I'm thinking, I think he would probably say the same thing to me sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're, we're judging the disciples when we read this, like, don't you know that Jesus is about to be betrayed? Can't you even keep your eyes open for one hour? And I'm like, yeah, sometimes I can't. 
Sometimes I can't. Sometimes I struggle. And so here's the problem. I think Peter's the interesting one in this story. Because Peter makes these claims about how, how devoted he is to Jesus. And his claims never actually match his deeds. Isn't that amazing? Like just two hours earlier, he, he's with his disciples, and he's with Jesus and the disciples, and he's like, I will never betray you. No, I will never betray you. If, if you're going to wash my feet, then wash my whole body too. And he's making all these claims about how spiritual he is. And then he has this moment where pressure comes and he can't stay awake for one hour in Jesus' moment of need. Peter's game, he talked a big game. But this isn't just true about Peter. I think this is true about the spiritual life. But here's what I want you to see. Because the good news is this. The good news is this, and this is the third point. The pressure of life is where you will find the presence of God. You know, you know, why, you know why pressure is so important? Because the pressure of life is where you find the presence of God. How many of you guys have ever gone through something that something that you went through has caused you to pray, and it was in your prayers that you found the presence of God? Right? Right? So the presence of God, the pressures of life always lead us to the presence of God. The pressures of life always lead us to the presence of God. Matthew 26, 42. Then Jesus left them a second time and prayed. He said, my father, if you take this cup from me, um, my father, if this cup cannot be taken away from me unless I drink it, then your will be done. Hebrews 5, 7 says, while Jesus was on earth, he offered prayers pleading with a loud cry and tears to the one who could rescue him from death. And God heard his prayers because of his deep reverence for God. I want you to catch this. Because the truth is, the pressures of life is where you find the presence of God. 2 Corinthians 2, uh, 12, 9 says, My grace is, is, is um, significant for you. My power works best in weakness. I believe this. I believe that spiritual strength comes through physical surrender. Like this is where it comes to. You come to this moment in your life. Spiritual strength comes from physical surrender. Spiritual strength comes like when, in this moment where you're like, God, I can't do this on my own. I need you. And then you just surrender and you're like, Lord, would you save my marriage? Lord, would you give me direction at my job? Lord, I can't do this on my own. Like this, this, these relationships I have with my friends at school, like I can't do them anymore. Like, Lord, I need you to give me direction in my life. And then I love this passage. Verse 39, it says, And Jesus went on a little further and bowed his face to the ground. My Father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done. Here's, here's what I think is so incredible about this passage. You see the Garden of Gethsemane. He takes his, his uh, 11 disciples. He takes them with him. He leaves eight at the very beginning, at the very entrance of the garden. He leaves eight. He brings three, three with him, Peter, James, and John. He says, hey, would you guys pray for one hour? Just pray for one hour. I'm going to go a little further. I think that there's a space, there's a space for most people's faith 
where they want to give up. There's a space that most people like have this space where they want to give up. And I have found that if you will just go a little further, if you will trust God just a little bit more, if you will go a little further, if you will just, pr- just press a little longer, don't give up on God. Seek the Lord while he may be found, though he's not far from each one of us. Don't give up on, on pressing into the Lord. Just press a little further. Press a little harder. Go a little deeper. And you watch this place, and when Jesus goes a little deeper, that's where he ends up in the presence of the Lord. So let me ask this question. How many times has God shown up for you at just the right moment? Just the right moment. Just the right moment. We were with friends yesterday, and we were talking, they were talking with some friends yesterday, and they were kind of going through some stuff. I said, you know what? Those are some of the sweetest memories for Lanai. and I. When we were really young, we had no money. We were broke. You guys remember those days? Some of you were like, yeah, that was like today. Like right, right now, like right now, and there'd just be these moments for us, and it was like we had nothing, and we'd have a bill come up that we couldn't pay, or we'd have a situation that we didn't know how we we're going to answer that situation, and all we had back in the day was prayer. And say, all right, God, we need we need you to come through, and we called it miracle money. When you when you go to the mailbox and you open up and there's a check from somebody that you weren't expecting it from. And it showed up at just the right amount, just, just the right time for just the right amount. You guys ever had that happen to you? We call that miracle money. And you're just like, God, you're faithful. Right? Like just keep pressing in, keep pushing in. How many of you have a, a spot in your life today where you're like, God, I need you to show up. I need you to move. There's a passage in Romans 8:31. And if you don't have this passage underlined in your Bible, Like every believer should have this passage underlined in your Bible. Romans 8.31 says, if God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for us, who can be against us? And that doesn't say, if God is for you, you won't have pressure. It doesn't say, if God is for you, you won't have pain. It doesn't say, if God is for you, you won't have trouble. It just simply says that, that if God is for you, and he is, then who can be against you? Are your troubles bigger than God? Or is your pain bigger than God? Are your problems bigger than the Lord? And the answer to that we all know is no. That God is for you. So I'm going to invite our worship team to come back out. Because there is one thing that pressure will cause. Pressure will always cause you to have to make a choice. Pressure will always cause you. It causes one thing. Something's going to come out of you. And the pressure that, come, that is on you will cause you to have to make a choice. And the choice is, will you trust God to meet you in your hour of need? That in this moment, in this time, that whatever you're going through, You have a choice in how you go through it. You can either go through it with faith and faithfulness. Or you can go through it on your own. Try and carry your own weight and try and figure out your own problems and try and handle it yourself. Here's what I found. Is that the believer who tries to do things without God eventually he gets humbled to the place and just goes, hey, 
you know I could carry that for you. That we choose God's will over our own will. We say yes to the things of God. I think it was beautiful that Sitraka um, shared what he shared this morning. What he was really saying was when they said yes to Jesus, they didn't know all the things they were saying yes to. There's some beautiful things in their story that they got to say yes to. But there's also some really hard things that they've had to go through because they've said yes to Jesus. They've missed birthdays and funerals. They've missed sicknesses. But they've got to see the kingdom of God show up in their life. And they just said, we're we're just going to say yes to the things of God. I guess what I'm pressing on is this. I, I think that if the Lord would be asking you, I think the Lord would be asking you to say yes to his kingdom and trust that he's going to be faithful to you all the way through your story. All the way through your story. And there's going to be times and moments where you don't understand why it's playing out the way it is. But if we keep playing out Jesus' story, There's not one of us that isn't grateful for the way that Jesus' life played out. I'm going to pray us out. I've kept us way long. You know what, though? Like, here's what I believe. I believe that the more that we pray, the more we'll see God move. The more that we're willing to pray, the more that we're willing to step out and put ourselves in spaces that maybe feel a little awkward, a little uncomfortable, the more that you'll see God move in your life. And so, Lord, we just come before you and we just say, come, Holy Spirit. Come speak to us and lead us and guide us and direct us. Lord, thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your faithful sacrifice. And, Lord, thank you for using pressure in our lives to pursue us. And so, Lord, for my friends today that are going through stuff that just feels bigger than they are, we know that Their stuff is not bigger than their prayers. Lord, hear our prayers today. Hear our prayers today. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed the podcast, don't forget to subscribe and share it with your friends. If you find this tool valuable and would like to support this ministry, you can do so easily through our DTV app or on our website dtvchurch.org forward slash give. God bless you and have a great rest of your week.